This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to a special Liverpool Blood Red podcast edition from, where are we? Munich, yeah. Munich Airport, yeah, waiting to get to onto Naples. I'm Ian Doyle, I'm joined by our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, Paul Gorst. Hi Paul. Good morning Ian. Uh, I think it's afternoon now actually. Well, we're getting there. And we, we do have two special guests. One is our, our Reach colleague and the Daily Mirror, can I call you veteran? No. I think, yeah, but I'm going to. <laughs> uh, David Maddock, hi. Hello, how are you? I am okay. And we're also joined by former Echo Brethren, now of the Daily Mail, Dominic King. Hello. How are you doing, Dominic? Very well, thank you, Ian. Excellent. Right, we're all here because Liverpool are beginning their Champions League defence on Tuesday in Naples. They're playing Napoli. Uh, Paul, what are you expecting from this game? Because obviously Liverpool were here last season, lost 1-0, yep. kind of almost got away with a 0-0, didn't play particularly well. But it's, it's, it is the hardest game in the group, isn't it, for them? Oh, by far and away, yeah. But to be honest, I'm expecting a, a very similar game to the one that was played at Stadio San Paolo just under 12 months ago. Um, Napoli a very good side, but far better than Genk and they're, they're far better than Red Bull Salzburg. So this is the easily the most difficult test for Jürgen Klopp's side. Uh, but they're in great form, aren't they? Um, so I think they'll go there with maybe a little, well, a lot, a lot more confidence than they might have done uh, last year. Um, but I think it'll be tight. It'll be they're not going to go and steamroll on Napoli. Um, they only played them the other week, didn't they, in Edinburgh uh, in the pre-season friendly. So they know what to expect. But um, yeah, I'm expecting a, a cagey affair. I mean, Dave, you were at Napoli last year for the game. I mean, it was a strange one, wasn't it? Liverpool were terrible. Let's <laughs> let's get that right. Klopp said it was actually the the worst performance of last season, and and he's he's probably right about that because they were really awful. I actually don't expect it to be the same as last season because Liverpool can't play that badly again. They'll also they will know how Napoli are going to approach this game, so they'll be better prepared than they were last season so yeah they're a very good side Napoli but I would expect Liverpool to realise that this is the single most important game in the group if they can win away in Napoli then that sets them up and actually probably gives them a chance to rest players further further into the group so I think they'll go all out they really want to win this game and go all out to, to win it so I expect a very different Liverpool Dom, do you expect Liverpool to, to learn from the game last season or because it was 12 months ago, does it have any bearing on this whatsoever? Because they've played them twice since then. Once, uh, you know, the game in uh, Edinburgh we just mentioned and also uh, the home game against Napoli. Yeah, um, I think I think they, they learned almost from the time they got back uh, 12 months ago because... Um, I think it was it was said to the players then that a performance like that wouldn't be acceptable. And then yeah, I know there was a, there was another bad night in in Belgrade shortly after. But um, I, th- I think you know when they, they played uh, Napoli at Anfield, I think that's really when the season sort of lifted off um, uh, in terms of you know it was streetwise and it, all the way through the. Um, the knockout stages, and then obviously they won it. Um, I just think Liverpool are in a, a tremendous vein of form at the minute, and yes, it's going to be tough. Um, a point, a point wouldn't be the worst result in the world. Um, but in terms of fearing things, I, I wouldn't have thought so. Why, why should they? Why should they fear things when they're the champions of Europe? They are. I would say they are the best team in European competition at the minute, Europe's best team in, in European competition because of what they've done over the last three or four years they've reached three finals in Europa League 
two Champions Leagues, won a Super Cup, won the, won the Champions League as well. So, I, what, what have they got to fear? I think also I was going to ask the question about how, do you reckon perceptions have changed about Liverpool because of the, on the back of winning the Champions League against Tottenham? Because, but bear in mind, last yeah. year, as, as Dom's just said, they reached the final and lost to Real Madrid partly because of the, what happened with the goalkeeper. So, when they played Napoli last year, they obviously they were, they were feared, but has it now taken on something else because of the fact they've got over the line and actually won it? I think so, yeah. I think when, um, when Liverpool marked their way to the final in Kiev, I think they were almost a bit of an unknown quantity. I don't think a lot of the top teams really took them serious. I think that's how Liverpool were able to, you know, blow them away. You know, against like the Roman and even Manchester City to an extent. Uh, but that's changed now. Liverpool are now uh, they've got a target on the back. I you know Virgil Van Dijk said something along those lines, as has Trent Alexander-Arnold. So this Liverpool team now know that they are among the elite and they're not uh, an unknown quantity anymore. They are very much uh, the team to beat and. Everyone's going to be able to do that. Um, as, as Don mentions there about Liverpool being in the Europa League final and then obviously the back-to-back Champions League finals, they are now undoubtedly um, one of the best teams in the, in the world. Um, if not the best team in the world. I know Jamie Carragher coming for a little bit of flack over the weekend, didn't he, for, for saying that City are the best team in the world. But I, I probably agree with them there, if I'm honest. And I think Liverpool, as Don says, are the, the finest team in European Cup competition, can we say, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, City is funny at the moment, aren't they? We're, we're probably going off topic. I mean, they would, they would, they would love to be what Liverpool are doing or have Liverpool's reputation, but they should, they should probably win the Champions League this year, given the. the, the would you expect them to though? No, no. I think Liverpool. I think Liverpool reach the final again. I, mean, I really did- do. I was going to say, Dave, you've been around the block a few times, shall we say, uh, pretty kindly. Can I just say, uh, there's, there's been a few ages. <laughs> this is why I invited him on. Can I, can I just say that being a veteran means I must be about 35. <laughs> um, right, but I was going to ask the question that you've obviously done quite a lot of these away trips. Is coming to Italy one of the more difficult for a team for a, a number of reasons? Whoever it is, uh, well, that being, being such a veteran, I remember when uh, Roy Hodgson came here to, to. Well, we're not actually in Napoli yet, by the way, because our flight was delayed. But um, went to uh, Napoli. Yeah, and, I was there for that one. And he, got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, he had quite possibly the worst team Liverpool have ever had in Europe, and they, <laughs> they still got a result. So, it, it, no, and Italy, Liverpool got a good record in Italy. They've, they've, they've done all right, and um, last season they, they were shocking. But I think they're a much better team than Napoli. And, uh, and I think Napoli know that, despite the uh, the game in pre-season. What, what, what you have to look at is if Liverpool have the intensity of, say, Munich away last season in the uh, in the quarter-final. Uh, if if they if they can reproduce that, or even and I know this sounds a bit stupid, but even against Barcelona in the, the semi. Away from home, Liverpool actually played some amazing football. They, they were a tiny bit unfortunate. They were possibly a tiny bit naive when they went a couple down, uh, but actually played really well. If they can reproduce any of that form, then you would expect them to to do perfectly well. And and I actually would agree with Dom. Go back. It's a very good point. You don't have to be. Again, a strange thing to say. You don't have to be the best team in Europe to be the best team in European competition. Because what what Dom actually means there is Liverpool have such a massive advantage at home, which they do, as you saw against Barcelona. The, 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 everyone fears Anfield. They really fear going there. Gives Liverpool a huge advantage. 
and they have intensity when they get to the when it really matters. So in the knockout stages, Liverpool had real intensity, and then and then that's what they need to reproduce. I don't think you can underestimate that Barcelona result. I mean, I mean well, the three 0 defeat or the four 0 win. Four, the four 0 win in terms of, of what what is what it will do to teams coming to Anfield in in the, the knockout stages because even if they lose. Even if a team went, say, to beat Liverpool 1-0 or 2-0 in the first leg, they, they will still be thinking, oh my God, what what happens now? Is, is it going to be enough? Because I, I genuinely, I mean, I mean, I know a lot was written about it. It might sound strange what I'm saying. That 4-0 win, that might be the greatest Liverpool performance any of us ever see. The, 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 the greatest night. It was absolutely incredible what, what went on that night. And it will... You've just been dying for a podcast invite so you could talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but the implications of it, uh, of what it's done for Liverpool's sort of standard. I, I'll give you an, ex- an example. There's a, a, a magazine in Spain called Penenka, and they've dedicated this month uh, the, their entire edition to Anfield and the power of Anfield. That wouldn't have happened if, if Liverpool, no. Liverpool don't, don't win that game. That's, that's the kind of impact that it's had. Well, can I just say, sorry to interrupt there, but. I agree. I, I've been I've been covering Liverpool for quite a long time, fair, fair fair few years. Seen all of their big games since they returned to Europe, and by far that was the the best Liverpool game I've ever seen in in that context. Better than better than Istanbul. Better than the Chelsea semi final, the, the first one, which was magnificent. That was actually much better. So, Dom, agree again. I don't know why I'm agreeing with Dom, but <laughs> we'll, I we'll, agree. Have, we'll, we'll, we'll have to stop these two talking for a bit, Paul. Um, now, the interesting point Dom makes about not having to be the well, I think it was actually the pair of them made about not having to be the best team in Europe to be the best team in European competition. Liverpool lost four games in the Champions mm-hmm. League last year and still won it, lost once in the Premier League and, di- and didn't win that. Now, it leads to the question. I know that Jurgen Klopp is always going to say we don't have any priority, but is there a priority? Or do you actually genuinely believe when he says, well, I'm not prioritising between the Premier League or the Champions League? Because if we, uh, we'll come to the team selection a little bit later on. Is he going to rotate players out for this game? Or is it seen the same way because now they've actually won it? I don't think... I don't think he has a priority I think Liverpool fans do um, and I know he said before the Burnley game that there weren't any changes because they didn't need to but after the international break there would be I think this might be a decent opportunity possibly to to freshen her up uh, I know we've, we've already spoken haven't we Dave about possibly Joe Gomez coming in at right back and, and James Milner at left back um, those are two possibilities but I think whoever's coming in at the moment is chomping at the bit and they're in form and they're fit and they're motivated so I don't think he's going to weaken it too much by making these types of changes um, I expect Mane and Salah to play again Roberto Firmino to come back in so I think if he does change it up it might only be one or two um, but there are what is it four games after this before the 2nd of October um, so it's a really busy period isn't it The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo is it a ridiculous question then, Dave, to say... That Most to, of to, to, Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, thank you, Dominic. <laughs> uh, is it a ridiculous question then, or a ridiculous statement, to, to wonder whether or not Liverpool do have the, the strength and depth to, to be able to cope? Because last season they won the Champions League and got 97 points in the Premier League, which suggests that they do. Because obviously they didn't buy anybody in the summer. There were one or two people who were wondering about whoa, whether that was the right thing to do. 
Do you know what? And it's this now, this period that's coming up, that's going to determine or start to determine whether it was the right decision? It absolutely did my head in at the end of the summer when Liverpool fans, after that season, were moaning that they've not made signings, they've not done this. And and they were like, we've got no cover. We've got no cover up front. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. Origi scored in the Champions League final. He scored twice against Barcelona. How good do you want them to be? How good a backup do you want? And and that's that's what we're talking about. Liverpool have amazing quality. Shakiri, who didn't play very much towards the end of last season, came in in the semi-final and they beat Barcelona 4-0. This is the standard of the people who are coming in. Dejan, Dejan Lovren can't even get on the bench and he has played in a World Cup final. So Liverpool have fantastic, absolutely fantastic strength in depth. They really do. And when they get all their players fit, you look at the midfield now, and the midfield, they've got like seven players, and they, I mean, you know, they are as, as good a unit as any, anywhere. So, and everyone says, oh, midfield's a weakness. Absolute nonsense. They've got an amazing midfield, a powerhouse midfield. So, they, they've definitely got the, the, the depth, absolutely. What they don't have, maybe at the moment, is a little bit of fluency in some of the players who will be stepping in at some point but that will come because those some of those players will get games obviously it happens all the time you get players coming in at the start of last season uh, Milner played an awful lot of games at the start of this season he's not played so many but clearly he can step in it's not it's not a problem and, and I think they're fine in terms of depth. I mean, Don, were you surprised when Liverpool didn't sign anybody? I mean, they made obviously Adrian came in and they, they signed Seth Vandenberg and Harvey Elliott. But were you surprised they didn't make any more major signings? No, no, because um, it made it very clear. Um, but, but having said that, if you had the choice yourself, would you have made at least one? Um, Is there any position where you think Liverpool might find themselves short? There's only so many ways I can phrase that question. <laughs> Maybe a left back cover for Andy Robinson. But James Milner played left back yeah. in the semi final no, against Barcelona. We're looking for sort of. Um, the fact you're out struggling to answer that question and we've all kind of said the same thing does that underline just this high level this high bar that Liverpool have got yeah, now in like, the fact you know, that it's, the, what, who do they bring in well, that the, can be better thing, or just as good the one thing that uh, I, I couldn't understand the fuss that was being made by social media about Nicholas Pepe don't go there just, really don't go there <laughs> no I just I, I couldn't understand it. who's he going to play instead of who's he going to they've got the best front three in the world but that was never the question though was it whether he was no. going to play so why would no. you spend 70 odd million pounds on somebody who's not going to play well, exactly yeah. that's, that's just it I mean it's, it's, it's very 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 hard to improve in the group at the minute and what you're going to have to take into account as well is when Alisson comes back they'll be 10% better again hmm and that's no disrespect to how Adrian's played, because I think he, he, he's improved week by week. But the goalkeeper is absolutely fabulous, fabulous goalkeeper, and um, he will make an exceptional difference to Liverpool. I'm glad you mentioned the goalkeeper then, because you'd argue that this week coming up, Napoli away, 
and Chelsea away on Sunday. Yeah. This is his first, Adrian's first real test, isn't it? Because you'd assume for certainly the Napoli game that Liverpool may not have as much of the ball and Napoli will have one or two shots. It's not really happened in the games that have happened so far. Yeah. Do you think this will be one where... This is now going to be the time where, as Dom said, Alisson makes Liverpool 10% better. Is this a chance for Adrian to prove that perhaps it might the gap might not be as big? I think it is, isn't it? I mean, for me, Alisson is probably the best goalkeeper in the world. Um, Golden Glove winner in the Champions League, Copa America and the Premier League in his first season, Champions League winner. Um, but yeah, I mean, Adrian's acquitted himself quite well other than that Southampton error aside when you know, he had a dodgy ankle anyway and Jürgen Klopp wasn't unhappy with the amount of times they kept passing the ball back to him. Um, he's done quite well, but yeah, I mean, this is a big test for him now, isn't it, over the next few days. Uh, two tough away games for Liverpool. Um, we'll see how good he is. I think Liverpool are likely to be put under a bit more pressure than they have been in certain games so far. Um, probably at Chelsea more than more than tomorrow night. But yeah, it's um, it, it's a big big test for him. And I th- you know, as, as big move, shall we say, coming to 32, he probably didn't expect that when he was training with a second division Spanish team in the summer, did he? But. Um, He'll be pinching himself tomorrow, I think, when he uh, turns out in the Champions League for Liverpool. I mean, Dave, Liverpool have won five games out of five in the Premier League. They're the only team in, in England to have a 100% record, and they're now five points clear already. But one or two fingers pointed at the defence, not so much in the fact that it's not performing particularly well, but it's perhaps not doing as well as it was last season. Look at the stands that they set there. Is it a concern for you, or is it just a matter of Liverpool? They seem to be playing a slightly different. There's a lot's been made of the high line that they've been playing. Is it just getting to grips with it, and or, or is it because, as Dom said, that without the goalkeeper, as, as Gorsi said, he's the best in the world? I think that there, there is absolutely an element of without the goalkeeper. Also, I, I think there's probably a little bit too much being made of it because, um, yeah, they've conceded goals, but like for instance, I think they were four 0 up against Norwich and then conceded one when it could have been seven or eight, you know. And even Arsenal was like that. Liverpool were three up, probably then could have been six and then conceded one. So slightly slightly misleading. Do you know what? Um, you know we, we we all got an early flight this morning and you have that thing you have that thing where where you, where you have an early flight and there's no chance you can sleep because you've got to get up so early. And I was lying there, instead of counting sheep, I was like, okay, I'm gonna pick my Premier League, Premier League team so far of the season. I did wonder where this was going. And, 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 and I was, I was like going through it, and I was like keeper, and I thought, yeah, De Gea has been the best for a long time, but he actually had a dodgy season last season. So Allison, and then I was like defense, and obviously Van Dyke picks himself, and then I was thinking. Is there an actual better right-back than Alexander-Arnold or a better left-back than Robertson? And in terms of the all-round game, I'm struggling to think if there is in the whole Premier League. So you, you, you could make a case that of Liverpool's back five with the keeper, four of them would be in the Premier League team. There's a good argument to be made for that. So I don't think they've got issues with that defence if, if, if I'm right in suggesting that quite possibly you could pick those four players in, in a back five of, of the all-star Premier League side. Right, we've, we tend to finish on this podcast by picking the team or at least trying to pick the team so we'll go round the desk as it were um, Adrian in goal? Yep. yep. Uh, are, we, are we saying Matip and Van Dijk at centre-back? Yeah. I am at least. I wonder whether he might uh, Matip, he did rest, he didn't like playing him two games a week yeah. last season so I wondered whether 
it, it, it might be a bit early for him to start rotating him out, but but he, he doesn't like the intensity of two games a week for Matip. But he's certainly in the past, so there's a possibility Gomez or even Lovren comes in there. Yeah, I would say Alexander Arnold, Van Dijk, Gomez, maybe maybe Milner, maybe Milner, because Robertson obviously took a knock, and we understand he missed uh, training this morning. So yeah, also I I think it'll be Milner at left back, and uh, possibly even Gomez at right back. It's interesting. Uh, So midfield, Henderson. Is Henderson going to be a given given the fact he didn't play at the weekend? Yeah. Yeah, Henderson, Fabinho. No man. Wijnaldum. You can't have Milner, you've got a bit left back. Oh, of course, yeah. Double Henderson Fabinho, Wijnaldum. Yeah. He'll pick his, no, he'll pick no, his freshest midfield. No shouts for Lalana in the number no. six role? No. 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 no? He'll pick his freshest midfield. No, not Oxley Chamberlain, no. No, he played, didn't no. he? Yeah. The, clue, the clues were there on, on Saturday. Henderson not playing, I Henderson starts. I, I actually thought that it would be possibly Fabinho, Henderson, and Milner, but. There is now a question of whether Milner will yeah. be playing yeah, left back. Yeah, I think Milner so might play left back actually. In which case, either. If Milner plays left back, would you play Gomez right back as well then? No. No, you'd play one or the other. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and then the front three picks itself. So that's what? Brewster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Brewster, well, Brewster's serious Origi. point, just, just to finish, is that obviously there's probably going to be no Rigi. Brewster yeah. was, was withdrawn from the under 23s about 15 minutes in on Saturday afternoon. He's going to be on the bench, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. There's no, they, they, there's no they, doubt about that. I mean, and I don't think Jürgen Klopp would have any terrors about putting him on, given that he, he put him on the bench in the Champions League semi final. But can we just before, before you finish? Um, You've got one minute. Yeah, okay. Well, it was just that, um, well, Maddo mentioned the um, the game here under Roy Hodgson um, in October 2010. And it's just, it's just worth reminding people about that because. They were very nearly in administration at that point. Mm. The, cl- the club had only just been taken over. Look at the difference in nine years now, where the, where the, the top team in Europe, arguably, it's, it's a, an incredible turnaround. And the mere fact that we're just saying, are they good defensively as they were last year, while being five points clear at the top and getting ready yeah. to defend the Champions League crown, says everything. Right, that should do us. Uh, join us sometime soon where we'll be talking about the Napoli game and looking ahead to Chelsea. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.